Wake up, NHL fans. It is Wednesday. This is your morning cup of hockey brought to you by Seagram's VO Select Canadian Whiskey, artfully blended and impeccably crafted. Make it your very own. Alongside Kobe Cohen, I'm Johnny Lazarus, and we have a loaded show today. We're going to talk about the Edmonton Oilers winning, winning streak coming to an end after 16 games. The Vancouver Canucks stay hot and keep rolling with a big win last night in Carolina thanks to Elias Lindholm's two goals. The Calgary Flames were buzzing last night thanks to Kuzmenko. All the trades, the guys that were on new teams were scoring goals aside from Sean Monaghan, who was shut out with the Winnipeg Jets. And we're going to recap some of last night's games. We got a lot to get into before we do any of that. I'm going to say what's up to my co-host, Kobe Cohen. Kobe, how's your morning going today? Uh, it's been okay. Um, I got a good night's sleep last night, which is always a nice thing. Woke up feeling a little bit refreshed, but you've been a little bit extra annoying in our pre-show meetings. Um, <laughs> you're buzzing a little bit. I know you're all excited because you were out on the town last night in New York, um, you know, hanging out with NHL players in your spare time. So you're, uh, you're feeling pretty good about yourself right now. Well, I'm feeling better because the Oilers lost and I've been arguing for the last two weeks that they're finally going to lose when they play a good team. And I got all my chirps in last night to the Oilers fan, Oilers fan base and Oilers nation. So uh, I'm feeling good about that one. I said the winning streak was a little bit fraudulent and turns out when the Oilers play a good team, it's not automatic. So I just feel good about that one. But uh, let me just I, ask you a question. Did, yeah. did you watch the game? Like, did you I watched the second and third it? period? I missed the first period. And the Oilers did outplay Vegas. I will say that. But Aiden Hill was unbelievable. Aiden Hill was the difference in that game. And I will say, I was actually texting with Kobe Armstrong last night during the game. Uh, we were both watching it. And like at, at every point till the last minute, I was like, Edmonton's going to tie this one up. They're going to tie it up. They're going to tie it up. It just felt like they were going to score. But Every time Aiden Hill was there to answer the door. I mean, there was one save he made late in that game that like left pad save on Leon Dreisaitl. It was a one-timer kind of across the crease, across the slot area. And Hill was right there. But I thought that one was going in for sure. Um, but again, like the Oilers played really well. Uh, they probably deserved a better result, but sometimes it's how she goes. Any other names you want to name drop? Um, had dinner with Zach Jones. Uh, that's about it. That's really it. Chafee bailed because uh, the Lightning had a team dinner. So we invited our, our buddy Stan instead. Wait, so you were supposed to go to dinner with Mitchell Chafee. Yeah. And then he bailed on you. And so Zach Jones was your backup? No, no, no. We were go- it was me, Jones, Chafee, and my friend George, who was my roommate at UMass. Chafee bailed because the Lightning had a team dinner. So we invited our friend Stan as the fourth. That's kind of rare to see the old team dinner on the road like that in New York, unless it's like a rookie dinner. Yeah, I was actually surprised sure? by that too. Are you sure it was a team I dinner? I think so. He doesn't strike me as a liar. So, and I didn't see maybe any of the. Maybe he just didn't want to go to dinner with you. That's also possible. I didn't see maybe any of the players. He didn't, want, he didn't want you talking about him on your show this morning. So maybe he just thought better to stay out of dinner with Johnny Laz, who's a media member now. Well, you talked about him all yesterday. So it wasn't me. Well, anyways, um, glad you had a good dinner. Glad you were taking shots at the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Oilers fan base and Oilers Nation fan base. Um, I already have someone coming at me in the chat. I I did watch that game last night, and I will say, um, great hockey game. I mean, to me, that might have been one of the first games of the year that uh, had a playoff feel to it. Um, You know, there was a certain tension in that game and I think there was a certain 
intensity in that game that I don't think we've really seen a lot this year. And I would expect we'll see more of that, especially now that we're through the all-star break and we're kind of in this sprint, um, you know, of 25 to 30 games, depending on our 30, whatever, one or two games for a lot of teams left in the NHL this season. Um, but you're, you're definitely right. Aiden Hill was the difference last night. That was, that was a good old fashioned goaltending duel. Um, you know, I, I feel like Aiden Hill outplayed Stuart Skinner, um, but I still think it was good to see Stuart Skinner answer the bell uh, at times when he needed to for the Edmonton Oilers. And, and you know, look, you, you play a two-to-one hockey game, which we don't see a lot of anymore, a physical game like that where, where you, know, you know, the Edmonton Oilers had a lot of chances to, to extend the lead. McDavid had a number of chances. The power play had a number of chances. Um, you know, you're not going to win a lot of hockey games only scoring one goal. So, you know, give credit to, to Vegas, give credit to Aiden Hill. I think you, you saw a little bit more of, of what we have become accustomed to um, the way that the uh, Vegas Golden Knights defend the house and the way that, you know, they're willing to give up plays around the perimeter, but they do try to collapse into the slot pretty well. Um, and although Edmonton was able to make some tight plays and, and make some plays down low, um, it just wasn't enough. And, and I think, you know, when you see McDavid and Dreisaitl get a two on O early in a hockey game um, and, and score a shorty, you, you got to think, oh, wow, this one is, is rolling in the right direction for the Edmonton Oilers. So I think this is kind of the Vegas team that, that we expected that we saw early in the season. Um, they're still a little bit banged up and uh, they still don't have everybody. You know, they do have Carlson back, but they are still without. Uh, a couple of pretty important players there in Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. So, look, I, I stand pat on on the fact that I still think the Edmonton Oilers are one of the best teams in the NHL. Uh, the streak had to come to an end at some point. But yeah, I, what is it I, to I, your power rankings? <laughs> I mean, I would still have them. I mean, also, you're not going to do power rankings after one or two games. No, let's let's revisit that at the end of this week and the end of next week. Uh, like we said, we would do two week increments with the power rankings. But, um, you know, again, I, I still like the way Edmonton play. They didn't lose five. You know, they didn't give up six. They didn't. They were the better five. team. They were the better you know, team. They outplayed them. They had more grade A scoring chances. So if anything, honestly, the streak is over. Now you're you're not really thinking about the streak. You're not really being talked about you know, for that reason. Um, but I do not expect Edmonton to go on a five game losing streak or go up and down and be streaky. Like we saw early in the year when they were having those total, you know, wild mood strings, um, you know, excuse me, mood swings. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, if the playoffs were to start now, we th- that's the two teams we would see in the first round. Um, and I think both of those teams are capable Stanley cup winners. So give me seven games of those two teams in the first round of the NHL playoffs. I will sign up for that all day long. Easily. I think everyone would. And I just want to shout out uh, Brett WB in the chat right now saying, ha what a clown saying the streak was fraudulent. If streaks of that length are so easy, why aren't there more of them? And I had some guy last night on, on Twitter and this is our, this is like why Twitter is the worst because this was Nick three three four four five five seven four nine eight eight tweeting at me and Tyler saying yeah because a sixteen game win streak isn't impressive in the best league in the world and I just quoted it and said sixteen wins are only impressive in the spring so let's see what the Oilers can do in the playoffs I, I mean that's I thought that was a really good comeback by the way listen hey I thought that, that was is, really good 
while I totally, I, I, I agree with the, the, the premise that, you know, yeah. And you know, I'm just fucking around with the, of course, of course. No, you're, you don't have a mean bone in your body. So (laughs) uh, you're just, you're having fun with people. Um, and they're getting angry at you. And look, (laughs) I agree with you. The 16 game win streak it, it, at the end of the day, like if you were to ask Connor McDavid, he would say it means absolutely nothing because he has one goal and this team really only has one goal and it's Stanley cup. Um, you know, and so, you're right. Let's see them win 16 games in the playoffs. I think they can. I really do. I'm more of a believer in the Edmonton Oilers right now, present day, than I have been over the last number of years. I never saw them getting through the playoffs the way that they defended and the way that they sort of played careless hockey with the puck. Um, obviously, uh, you know, McDavid and Drysettle get more leeway to play and create, but I think the rest of their team needs to buy into a certain standard of, of, of play at the blue lines, at the red lines, the neutral zone, um, just a thoroughness that I think we saw from Vegas in the cup run last year. Um, and, and I think I've seen it. I've seen it now for the last, I would say 50 plus days out of the Edmonton Oilers. So it's not something they've been doing for a week. They've been doing it for multiple months. Now. I think Paul coffee has a lot to do with that. I think the defense, are, are taking the plays in front of them tr- rather than trying to create uh, something out of nothing consistently. Um, so Didn't we'll you see say what they're happens. not winning the cup before the show started. Did I say that? Didn't you say that? Am I, I haven't said that they're not going to win the cup on our show. I, what are you talking I about? I thought you said before the show started that they're not going to win the cup. You want to, you want to go over all the stupid things you say before <laughs> a show just to piss me and our producer <laughs> off. I mean, I, I, I got to throw you off my scent a little so you don't just copy what I say all the time. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll just uh, one thing quick. And then I actually want to refer back to the checks. We have a funny kind of question that I think can cause a debate actually, but just before we kind of move topics here, Aiden Hill in his last three games has stopped 106 of 111 shots. He's got a 0.955 save percentage and a 1.67 goals against. I mean, Aiden Hill has been on fire and he's faced a lot of pucks in those three games, but Back to the chat and Colby, I think this is actually really interesting. So Brett WB, the guy who said the streak, um, you know, if it's so easy, why aren't there more of them? He just wrote, then why even talk about the regular season at all? Because Jeremiah Maxwell said it's Stanley Cup or bust for that fan base. And here's the thing. Their teams, when they have regular season success, it's a great thing. And it's good to talk about. Like the Vancouver Canucks to me, they're a team you talk about their regular season. That, that, that regular season matters. Edmonton Oilers, Toronto Maple Leafs, maybe like New York Rangers, like those three teams. Yeah. Their season, it all matters what they do in the playoffs. So there are teams that have to build toward that playoffs. Yeah. And then there are other teams that what they do in the regular season just does not matter. It's all playoff expectations. So I think, you know, while we do have arguments all the time about regular season play, there are certain teams and certain fan bases that just have different level playing fields where you can have those expectations. I mean, yes, it's fun to talk about the Edmonton Oilers winning 16 games in a row. It's great for the league. It's great for hockey. And it's great for just conversations like the ones that we have. But at the end of the day, like, it's not what matters. But if the Canucks were on a 16-game heater, I think it's a completely different story just because that team hasn't had much success over the last five years. So for them, you know, I think a 16-game winning streak for Vancouver versus Edmonton is just a different vibe. Am I wrong? I agree because I think the, the, the Vancouver Canucks have been bad for a number of years now. And I don't think there were any expectations on the Vancouver Canucks other than maybe in the locker room in Vancouver from ownership or 
Rick Tockett or whatever. You're right. I, I think for, for Edmonton, for Toronto, although I don't think Toronto is a serious team like the Edmonton <laughs> Oilers are, um, I do agree. I think it's all about the playoffs. And and that doesn't you know diminish a winning streak of 16 games because it's just so difficult to do in, in any pro sports league, um, you know, other than obviously like the NFL that they only play 16, 17 games or whatever. So we're not, I'm just kind of discluding them from this, but football, I mean, excuse me, baseball, basketball, NHL winning 16 games is, is incredible. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's cup, uh, it's cup for, for Edmonton or, or nothing. Um, I think anything else is going to be disappointing. And, and I think that's fair. And I think that's reasonable based on the players, the talent and the expectations. Um, and I do agree. Not every, every situation is alike. It just isn't certain teams, you know, look, I think the Vancouver Canucks are, are playing as good as anybody right now in the NHL clearly, but I, I, I still am not ready to say, I think they're going to go run through the playoffs and win a Stanley cup. I'm just not, I, I, I don't think they've learned how to do that yet. So I think that's a good question. I think it's a fair question that, that was put in the chat. Um, I think that it, it's something people can debate, but ultimately no, no two teams or situations are going to be identical. Yeah. And actually Brett just wrote good point. I like that nuance, um, which is pretty funny. It's nice when people in the chat agree with us, but yeah, the Vancouver Canucks, they've been rolling. Um, Most people the break. in the chat hate you. Honestly, dude, yesterday people were siding with me about the Laviolette thing. So, Snap no, no, today. that's that was on your Twitter, and that was all your Rangers people that were just like Colby you and give myself snaps. clowns and don't didn't <laughs> watch the game, which is true. I didn't yeah. watch that game when there's two yeah. games on and Johnny's at the Ranger game. I watch the other game, so that way we make sure we're covering the both Everything. games or all four teams yeah. from a night. Um, but. Yeah, you know, you your your Rangers followers jumping on <laughs> that doesn't count as people in the chat. Let's just uh, let's clarify that. All right, fair, fair, fair. But back to the Canucks, they have a big win last night against the Carolina Hurricanes team, who's actually been playing really good hockey as of late too. So that's a big win for them. Elias Lindholm comes in and scores two goals, both tip ins. But the Canucks right now are eighteen two and four in their last twenty four games, only two regulation losses. So this team, you know, we we've, we've been questioning them all year long whether they're legit or not. And we still have to see it come playoff time, like you just said, Cole, because I don't think anyone's going to sit here and say the Canucks are going to win the Stanley Cup until we see them in playoff action. It's been five years since they've played pretty meaningful hockey, um, unless you want to count the bubble. They played in the bubble, but I don't really count that because they were in there for like one round. Um, but man, I mean, this this Lindholm move, like it's, it looks like it's paying off right off the bat, right? Like we weren't sure how he'd fit right away if he'd be that whoa, big of a whoa, difference. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? What? Uh, that's that's wrong. I what? said on our show yesterday or the day before. Yesterday, that, we talked about it. Okay, so don't sit here and say we weren't sure how he would fit. Don't we a conversation we that literally I have, said no. yesterday. I said yesterday, he's the type of player that can fit on a team right away because of the way that he plays. Yes, we talked about the human element of being traded okay. and how it can take time, but I was very specific and I was very pointed in my thoughts yesterday that the way that Lindholm plays, I said, he has hard skill. It's a different type of player. Okay. That can fit in much quicker and much easier than other big time players. And I even compared the Patrick Kane situation, albeit not the same. You're still talking about top level players 
in the NHL. And I said yesterday, I thought Lindholm would seamlessly fit in quickly because of the style and sort of the hard, hard skill, simple way that he plays hockey, clearly a high hockey IQ, um, but not a guy that needs to be the focal point, not a guy Mm -hmm. that needs the puck on his stick at all times, a guy who understands how to get to spaces, how to blend in, how to play different positions in a lineup. He played wing last night. Okay. He played net front on the power play. He's used to playing on the left circle on the power play. So I think for all of those things that I said yesterday, and then he goes out and he scores two goals on top of the net front. They're both simple tips but he's doing a good job taking the goaltender's eyes away. He fits seamlessly on a line with Pedersen all game. Uh, I, I don't, don't say we, I was just saying we weren't say sure yesterday. I was no, saying we weren't not. sure. We were sure. We were, no, we weren't. I was sure. Yes, no, I was. No, no, you were not. I'm going to go back and check the tape. We said yeah. it might take a couple games for him to get settled in. Don't Attitude. stop saying we. Stop saying we said we. that. You and I, Kobe Listen, Cohen, there and could I said still that. be there could still be speed bumps as he assimilates to his new team. Okay, but I'm just saying his style, his personality, his skill set lends a quicker, you know, fit to just fitting in on a roster than other types of players that could potentially be on the move. I can't wait to go back and check the tape from yesterday and see what the exact conversation was. Cause I could have sworn, I, you know what? I'll just drop it. Cause I, it, it's just. Because you're unsure. And now you're backtracking in your head. Yes. <laughs> I know. So here's the question that you, you, you need to ask yourself. Uh-huh. Are the Vancouver Canucks done? Are they going to try to bring more things in more people in? things we're not talking about frank right um so do, do they the have hole any right holes now? yeah where's so, the hole right now i don't see holes up front um because again i i like their bottom six i think bluger has been in winning situations i think connor garland is is fit you know perfectly on a third line you know dakota joshua i do remember him from ohio state and i do remember calling some of his his games when he was up and down in the nhl i'm not as familiar with his game i know he's a big guy i know he plays straight line hockey and then on the fourth line i think sam lafferty is, is a phenomenal fourth liner hoglander is a is a good fourth liner so i don't think there are a lot of holes at forward the area that I would like to see Vancouver address would be adding depth on their back end. Their third pair was Zadorov, and I know you know there's there's debate is it Zadorov and or is it Zadorov? I, I, I call him Zadorov. Yeah, I call and I've called his games before, calling him Zadorov. And then you have Noah Juleson, who's his partner. Again, I, I would love to see a little bit more depth on the back end. Maybe another veteran defenseman to be on the third pair. Um, to come in and out if you need them to, maybe a little more physicality back there. That, that to me, Johnny, would be the hole that I would see. But they don't have a first or a second round pick this year. Um, and so you start to wonder, who do they have that they could trade? You know, what, what type of prospects would they be willing to give up? Are they going fully all in? Like, I don't really know if they should. I don't think it would be smart to trade a guy like at, you know, Aturad, Aradi or Roddy, however you say it, he plays in the minors for them. He was, he was part of the Bo Horvat trade last year. It was a second yeah. round pick by the Islanders. A guy who has some Islander promise. Fans love him. 
a, a finish forward. They do have Pod Colson, who's buried in the minors right now. I think they've tried to resurrect his game. It hasn't really worked. So maybe he's a guy a team would be interested in for a depth type of defenseman. Um, they have zero cap space. Zero. You know, they're an LTIR right now. So that obviously complicates things. But that's kind of what I see for them if they want to improve. I don't know where where you sit on that. I don't think they go all, all in this year. I think it kind of benefits them to do it next year. I mean, right now, the West doesn't seem like it's up for grabs, right? Like, let this team get to the playoffs. Let's see what they can do in the playoffs before they ship things away and, you know, really just, I guess, uh, you know, sacrifice any sort of future. Um, you know, this is a team that is in a good window. Like they're not too old. They're not too young. They're kind of right now flirting with that window being open. So I think you gotta, you gotta see what you have first before you make moves like that at the deadline. I mean, I think bringing in Lindholm is a good start, but for me, I, I would just want to not a rental. Like he's not a rental type. No, player, I know. Right? So yeah. that's so, so yeah, I think like it's a good he, start. Yeah. So we're in agreement that they'd be stupid to go out and start mortgaging any, any bit of their future for rentals. I mean, Especially you have to look at yourself first, without a first and a second round pick this year, mind you. Yeah, you you have to look at your team in the mirror and say, like, listen, are realistically, are we good enough to beat Edmonton in a seven game series? Are we good enough to beat Vegas in a seven game series? Are we good enough yeah, to beat Colorado if, in a seven but, game but, series? But Johnny, I, I think they would say yes to that with their goaltending and with the way Quinn Hughes is playing and with the way Pedersen and Besser's playing. I mean, I actually think. I we're in agreement here, FYI, yeah. which I know yeah. is, is rare, but I don't think they would agree with us. I think they are looking at this as they 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 should be all in. I mean, Rutherford got his extension, Alvin got his extension. Everybody's feeling very comfortable there right now. So I, I think they probably would disagree with us, and they they probably do see themselves as the favorite to win the Stanley Cup right now. Well, I think there are 10 teams who would probably feel the same way. Right. And, and, you know, we're going to sit here and probably be a little bit more realistic about maybe three or four teams that should go all in as opposed to 10 teams that should go all in because, you know, that's how the NHL works. I mean, Kobe, we talked about it the other day, like you got to lose before you win, right? Like rarely do you see a team just come out of nowhere and win the Stanley cup. And like, I, we made the comparison about the Canucks team this year to the devil's team last year. And before the season started, everyone was like, Oh, the devils are the Stanley cup contender. Like they're the pick, right? Like every media member in the NHL was talking about how sexy the devils are because they won one fucking playoff round last year for the first time in a decade. You don't just win one playoff round and go on and win the Stanley cup. It's not how winning in the NHL works. It hasn't happened in years. I mean, the only caveat I could think of that went to the final is Vegas in their first year, which was, you know, something that's very uncommon, but this Canucks team, like, yes, they probably are good enough, but they haven't been there. Like, let's see them actually get there and see what they do when the games matter more, when the time and space shrinks up, it's, it's a much different game. And, you know, I've never played in it, so I can't speak to it firsthand, but I've watched a shit ton of it. So, um, you know, I definitely know what it's like from the eye test. But I just have to think, like, if you're the Canucks right now, you're building toward next year. And next year, you, you put all your chips in the middle. I didn't really hear much of what you just said. I was busy pulling this out of Oliver's mouth um, as he brought it over to show me that he what had that? something. I don't even know. He found, like, some sort of button or something on the ground. And he uh, he brought it over just to show me in his teeth, like, look, I got something. So now you have to pay attention to me. So while you were just ranting and raving there, I was actually had my hand down his uh, 
his mouth on the side trying to get that out. But um, I did actually hear a lot of what you said. I think you're actually making making some decent points today, which which is all too rare and is all too surprising, probably not just for me, but for everybody in the chat. Um, but we'll see what they do. Like, I, I think I think Vancouver uh, is is certainly having a, a very elite level season. And the one thing they have um, and something that always makes me feel really good is they got a big goaltender who's really good. He's a big man. And he's very talented. And so, you know, we'll see what Thatcher Demko is able to do in the playoffs. And and if he's able to get hot and, you know, Quinn Hughes is able to continue to play the way that he plays. And and again, in playoffs, things tighten up. You know, they, they're certainly a team that could win some track meet types of games in the playoffs. But, you know, obviously that's generally not um, a super successful way to do it in the playoffs. So, you know, it, it feels like today's a, a very Canadian oriented show um, because we're, we're talking a lot of Canadian teams. And I think, the, the, <laughs> I, I think the Calgary flames are, are another team that, that have to be discussed. And, and, you know, they, they go out, they, they, they make the trade for Kuzmenko. Um, probably not, <laughs> probably not the destination that, that people would have expected. Um, I think that Calgary is a team that's actually going to get worse the rest of the way here, because I still think Tanev and Hannafin and those players go, obviously they, they moved off of Lindholm as well. Um, but Kuzmenko gets a goal early in the game. I watched um, a good portion of this game against uh, the Bruins and the Bruins were absolutely terrible. Like they played one of the worst games that I've seen them play all year. No energy. They were flat. They were not sharp. Um, you know, Andy Brickley on their broadcast was was looking for any sign of life in that hockey game for the Boston Bruins. So, you know, I think a lot of people were were talking about how you know, maybe Calgary with Kuzmenko and Huberdo, or that's going to spark them. And, you know, Huberdo played quote unquote, his best game as a flame. Let me just say this, not to take away from those guys. The Bruins were terrible. They did not show up to play last night. No legs, no energy, no skating game. Those guys look like they were still in St. Bart's um, in, up there in Boston. So, you know, certainly not, not a good game for, for the bees. I didn't catch any of this one. All I saw was that Pospisil cross check on Marshan. Um, I don't know if you want to go into that right away, but I know we got that one teed up. Uh, so let's take a look at this cross check to the face by Martin Pospisil on Brad Marshan. Yeah, right in the top of the crease, right there. I mean, he comes in from like the point to do that. That's that's that seems motivated, right? Like that's that's a premeditated cross check. It looks like he knows that's Brad Marshan. He knows what that's gonna. Do do i i don't like that at all i know you you did did you say it wasn't that bad i don't want to put words in your mouth again no i, I mean listen thing. i don't i don't like that either um i don't like a cross check after the whistle there look there were two five minute majors handed out last night um both maybe are 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 completely different are going to warrant conversations with with george paros and and his group uh the player safety group um very different situations though. And the funny thing is, is the other one, you know, which we'll get to a little bit later, um, you know, the, the, the Dylan hit 
to me, had a much worse outcome, but was much more of a hockey play than that, right? Like the cross check by Popsill, you know, on Marshawn's face right in front of the net. Go ahead. Are you, you going to correct me how I'm saying his name? No, no, I was, I was just nodding my head. I was kind of just going. Okay, you, you look like you were going to correct my, my name pronunciation. I, no, but I, I do want to say one thing though, I, and I don't want to like ruin your momentum here, but I feel like people didn't think this possible cross check was as bad because it was on Brad Marshawn. Yeah, but that doesn't un- matter. Unfair. Who it's on. I know it's unfair. Yeah, it I'm saying it's unfair. It doesn't. It doesn't matter who a hit is on. I mean, listen. You cross check a guy directly in the face. I mean, that's to me, that's like a dirtbag play that that's how I would, you know, you, you know what you're doing. You're, you're potentially breaking the guy's jaw just on a cross check. Look, a big hit, right? A timing play or a head, like you hate those two, but they're to me, that's more of a hockey play. Um, so I, I didn't, I didn't think any of the hits or the five minutes last night were, were, you know, everybody's already ready to throw people in jail on plays like that. Like, I'm like, okay, like that's kind of has playoff hockey vibes to it. Um, You know, I think, I think it it wasn't horrible. It certainly warranted a five minute major. Um, Will he get suspended? I, he probably will. I'm thinking he probably gets a game for that. What what do you think? You're saying possible. I think Pospisil probably could potentially get a game for that. Yeah, yeah. I could see him getting two, honestly. Yeah, I would say one to two games. Also, I, just I because probably... the way the way he came down into the crease, like from he, right. he wasn't so, right there, you know. So, so I, I would say that's that's probably suspension worthy. Yeah, I like agree. like we said, that's kind of a dirtbag play. Um, mm-hmm. Again, not he didn't break his jaw. Marshawn was okay. He was able to continue to play. You know, Marshy plays the game hard, physical, um, chippy. All right. But the the other one, to me, sparks a little bit more debate. Um, and, you know, th- this was a hit that that happened in this Pittsburgh game. And Brendan Dillon, you know, comes across here on Nola Chari and, and catches him. And look, he, here's the thing with this hit. Um, this is a timing play by Brendan Dillon. And when you're a little early on a timing hit, you know, the, the outcome can be bad. And here, here's what I'm going to say. I hate the outcome of this play. Yeah, it I looks do. so bad. I hate the outcome. It looks really bad. His helmet goes flying. He leaves the game. He's injured. I hate the outcome, but I don't hate the hit. Okay. And I know that's not going to be a popular thing to say, because here's the reality. The reality is, is Achari is actually kind of falling forward a little bit. Okay. So he's leaning forward and he's a little bit off balance. Brendan Dillon doesn't lift his elbow. His body is completely tucked. All right. He doesn't lift his shoulder. He doesn't lift his elbow. It's a body check. Now, principal point of contact undeniably is his, is his head, his face. His face is part of his head. So I get it. Five minute penalty out of the game. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I get that. I really do. Now, but to me, this hit was more of a hockey play. All right. Dylan is trying to lay a body check. He uses his body. He doesn't leave his feet. Didn't even like lean into it. He didn't even like lean into the hit. He just, it was a timing hit, right? That was a timing play. And as a defenseman, when you cut across like that, your timing has to be perfect or that type of thing happens. Now, 
Achari, again, was leaning forward. He leaned into it more. And I know it's not necessarily on him. It's on the hitter, not the player with the puck. But when I watched that, I didn't, I didn't have this horrifying reaction that I saw on social media. Like I saw Liam McHugh, he tweeted like terrible hit, you know, and, I, and then a lot of people kind of jumped on that. The fact that they, they were, you know, they were ready to give Brendan Dillon a jail sentence for that hit. Yeah. I didn't see it like that. Okay. Again, I hate the outcome, but I didn't hate the hit as much as other people did. And I think you have to keep physicality in the game of hockey, period. It's funny. I mentioned Colby Armstrong before because I texted him after I saw that hit. He was on the call and he said, Cohen was messaging me, messaging me too. both of you guys doing your homework. Ha 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 ha. He had a good laugh, but he agreed with you. He said it was a timing hit. Dylan got there just a little bit too early and was more so just owning his ice. Like he was just kind of standing up straight. Right. And Achari kind of skated. He came across, he didn't just hold his ice. He came across looking for body contact. Let's like, that's a a very similar to what we see Jacob Truba do. Only the difference is, is Truba generally times those perfectly. And and Truba's leaning into it though. He's leaning into it. Truba Dylan standing up straight. Like he's, he's not. Yeah. His posture was completely locked in. I watched Does his elbow go out. Does his shoulder go out. None of that. It was body contact on head contact. I would say that Achari more so skated into Dylan than Dylan hit Achari. If that makes sense. Uh, No, I don't. I totally don't agree with you on that. that? I, 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 yeah, I do not agree with that. No. Um, Either way. I I don't think Dylan deserves a suspension. I think the call on the ice was right because if they don't call that, then that game gets out of hand. Like that's something that we've seen match penalty. It's head contact. Principal point of contact is the head. Like I said, I hated the outcome. I I liked the hit. I didn't I didn't like the outcome. Yeah, I agree. Um so happy we agree on a lot of things today so far it seems. But uh we are going to take a little bit of a break here on the other side. We'll be talking about the New York Rangers goaltending controversy. They have a big game tonight at home against Tampa Bay Lightning. So we're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. My family's very own whiskey. Barrel aged and set apart. Marked with VO, artfully blended, impeccably crafted as a wedding gift to my son for the bride and groom. And now, over a century later, from our very own family to yours, a legacy rooted in whiskey. Seagram's VO, growing deeper, reaching out, raising a glass to your legacy. Seagram's VO, make it your very own. Welcome back to Morning Cup of Hockey. Alongside Kobe Cohen, I'm Johnny Lazarus. We're going to get right into the New York Rangers and their goalie controversy. It's starting to become a conversation because of how well Jonathan Quick has played. He's won his last two starts for the Rangers. And everyone knows that Igor Sturkin hasn't really been at his best this full season. So, Kobe, right now, if you're the New York Rangers, they have a game tonight against Tampa Bay Lightning. They're about to skate at 1030 at MSG. Who do you think they start tonight? And what do you think they should do with their goaltending situation right now? Well, no disrespect to Jonathan Quick, who's had a great season. You've got Shesterkin. He's your guy, plain and simple. You need to play him until he finds his game. You need to play him until he is the guy again. 
I don't know what is happening with his game. I don't know. You know, I don't look, I don't watch the Rangers as often because you're always on the Ranger games, right? So usually lots of games going. And I know if you're at MSG covering the Rangers, I'm watching these other games, right? Mm. But you're not winning in the playoffs without your number one goaltender being your number one goaltender. Doesn't mean you don't need Jonathan quick. It doesn't mean Jonathan quick's not capable. He's been very capable this season, but at the end of the day, you have one of the premier goaltenders in the NHL and Igor Shesterkin. There's not a lot of them. There's only 10, maybe 12 of them. Okay. When you have one, you better be able to ride him in big games. You better be able to ride him in the playoffs. Otherwise you are not going to win when it matters. So to me, you start Shesterkin. And to me, Shesterkin is your guy. There is no goaltending controversy in New York Ranger land other than maybe the one that you're creating on social media. Because at the end of the day, Shesterkin is the guy. If you need to win, if you want to win, it's got to be with Igor Shesterkin. It wasn't just me. Stephen Valaket, the Rangers analyst, said the other night in the broadcast, if he's picking a starting goalie right now, it's Jonathan Quick. And you look at both of these guys' numbers. Igor has played double the games that Quick has played. He's played 32 games. He's 19-12-1 with a .899 save percentage and a 2.86 goals against. Jonathan Quick is 11-4-2 with a .918 save percentage and a 2.35 goals against. I mean, any goalie... You know, I know. I, listen, I am not one to give up on Igor Shosturkin. I'm not turning my back on Igor Shosturkin. I'm just saying, and the argument I've been making is that the play that Jonathan Quick has had as of late should be acknowledged. If you have a goalie that's playing hot, I mean, the way he played against Colorado was unbelievable. He was the sole reason why they won that game. You have to ride the hot goalie. I don't mind seeing them do a 1A, 1B and split the net right now until Shesterkin finds his game. I don't think you have to play Igor while he might not be playing consistently when you have a guy that's more than capable of stepping in and winning hockey games. Playoff time, that's a different story. If I'm starting in a playoff series right now, Igor Shesterkin's my guy. He's the guy, I think, that carries his team to the Stanley Cup final. But while you have 30-plus games remaining in the season and you have a guy who's playing really good hockey, why not try to go You know, maybe a 20 or, or excuse me, like a 17-13 um, split? Give Jonathan Quick more games. He's earned it. He's earned that right. That's all I've been arguing. And Ranger fans can't seem to grasp. Wait, so you're their mind you're saying that. you're wait 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 hold on. So you're saying Quick should play more than Shesterkin down the stretch here. I'm saying they should split the net as opposed to Igor getting like you know Quick. Well, what's playing, your whole seventeen thirteen thing? Like the split. You're game. saying with that many with that many games left in the season. Yeah, you're yeah. saying Quick should get seventeen. No, no, games. Igor should get seventeen. Quick should get okay. thirteen. I'm so just saying they you're should, just advocating for a little bit more of a rotation not you're because but hold on you're you're saying multiple things here so i'm 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 not tracking you're saying play the hot goalie quick is Mm -hmm. clearly the hot goalie there's 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 no debating that but then you're saying a split of 17 for shesterkin versus 13 for quick you're 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 talking in circles here which one is it let me work it back so i'm saying in the short term like tonight i'm starting jonathan quick I thought he played incredible against Colorado. Let him ride that momentum against a really good. So you're Lightning giving him back to back games. I would give him back to back games tonight. And I think Colorado and Tampa, I think with how he's played, he played really well in Ottawa before the break. And sometimes I think when a goalie's that hot, it's their net to lose. I'm not saying Igor Shosturkin has lost the net. I'm saying Jonathan quick has earned the net. 
That's the argument I've been making on Twitter and people can't wrap their minds around it. And the point I wanted to make is that Jonathan Quick has earned the right this year to not be looked at as a backup goalie. If anything, he's a 1B. And I think anyone that argues against that, just like you haven't appreciated enough what he's done. He's won a lot of big games. He's not just coming in and playing against weaker teams. He's winning games that, you know, sometimes the Rangers don't deserve to win. He's stolen some games. What's his, what's his record? Uh, I believe it was 11, four and two. Yeah. 11, four and two. So he's played about 17, 17, 17 start, 18 games, 17 starts, 18 games. Well, look, I, I, I think, you know, finding a little bit of, of a split or of a rotation in the net. Um, if you're talking about, you know, Shesterkin potentially being tired, having played a lot of hockey the last couple of years, that, that to me is okay. Um, but, but saying Jonathan quick should have back-to-back starts Colorado and Tampa um, because he's taken the net or he's earned the right over Shesterkin. I'm just not buying it. I'm I'm just not buying it. You've got a world-class goaltender who who is needing to find his game for the playoffs and sheltering him and not playing him against big opponents, playoff style and playoff level opponents isn't going to do that. It's not. And you know, correct me if I'm wrong here. Have I not heard over the years Shesterkin say I want to play every single game? Isn't he one of these goalies that gets angry and is is not happy when he isn't playing a, a load of the games. Like he's a little more old school in that regard where he just wants the net um, more and more. A- am I correct on that? Yeah, you're correct. But if he's not playing well in those games, why would you play him every game when you have another guy who's and playing just as good? Are, or you better? Going, are you, are you planning on riding quick to the cup? If you, if you're the Rangers and you have cup aspirations, no, definitely not. Okay. So then, but, but what are we talking about? You're not giving Jonathan quick back-to-back starts. I, I just, I don't agree with it. Maybe they're going to do it. I don't agree with it. I think that that's the wrong message. And I think that that that's again, Jonathan quick is, is a, a hall of famer. Okay. First ballot hall of famer, tons of records, multiple Stanley cups. This, this is not about Jonathan quick. This is about the, the future, the present, the now, any way you want to put it is Igor Shesterkin. He's an elite goaltender in this league and he needs to find his game and having him sitting on the bench is not how he's going to find his game. This is not a situation where you need to light a fire under him. He's your guy. This is not a competition, okay? This is not a player position battle. Jonathan Quick is going to retire maybe maybe this year, right? We don't we have no idea, but I just, I'm not buying it. I am not buying it. I'm with the people that are arguing against you on social mm-hmm. media. And I think they absolutely need to start Shesterkin in this game tonight. And sure, you want to split them and you want to do a, 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 you know, a 60-40 split the rest of the season just to not overwork Shesterkin because you're planning on a long playoff run. Fine. I, I think that's a good plan. But at the end of the day, unless Shesterkin is sick or injured, you're not giving Jonathan quick back-to-back starts in big games. I, I I don't buy it. Well, I also think that the Rangers right now, you know, they're in a tight playoff race for first. The Carolina Hurricanes have caught up. They're only four points ahead. And if quick is winning the games, that's why I think you start them too. These, these points matter, you know, and, and maybe, you know, with 15 games or so left, you start leaning on Chesterkin more, let him get more reps gearing up for the playoffs. But right now with quick, the way he's playing and with these points mattering, mattering, that's a, 
made up word with these points that matter a ton. I think you go with the hot guy. And and I, I think I, unless you have one final thought, I'll just, I'll end it at that with my side. I, I just say we disagree. We, we do not see. <laughs> yeah. We, we just talk in circles. See, we, we do not see eye to eye on this. Igor Shosturkin needs to play tonight. You're sitting here telling me points matter. And then you're not going to play your Vesna caliber Vesna candidate. Um, who's not playing like it. Who's not playing like it, but it does, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's the position that it does not matter. You need to continue to play them. You need to get them to that level. Um, and that's it. And and that's how the Rangers are going to look at this. There's, there's no way they're sitting there thinking we're going to ride Jonathan quick. It, it just, it doesn't happen. So. I'm All right. Sorry. Well, they, they skate at 10 30 and we'll see or Pierre Laviolette talks to the media at 10 30. So we'll see what he says about the starter. Listen, tonight. He can do what he wants. If he yeah. chooses to go with quick, I'll tell him he's wrong too. I got yeah. no problem. So yeah, I'm right, well, there in the press conference and you know and and blow smoke like you like to do at the at the press conferences. Well, the last thing we'll talk about with the Rangers today, and we'll make it quick because uh we got to wrap up the show a little bit earlier today. There were reports that Jim Dolan wants the Rangers to keep their first round pick this year because the draft is at the sphere in Las Vegas, which MSG owns. I mean, what a clown show that is. No. Man, Dolan has has kind of been a, a clown show of, a, of an owner. I mean, not as bad as as the New York Knicks, but you know, you you see that the the things that always tend to come out. We heard last year Dolan was the one who wanted Patrick Kane, not Chris Drury. So um, we always seem to hear these things every time we do. I hear Chris Drury is really angry because it makes it look like he's not in charge. But at the end of the day, the guy whose name is on the building is Dolan, not Chris Drury. Um, I got to tell you something. It sounds very Dolan esque to, to be saying that. Um, and you just have to wonder, does that handcuff, you know, the New York Rangers, the rumor had it was that they were in on Elias Lindholm, but they couldn't offer this year's first round pick for that reason. And if that's the case, wow. How serious are you about winning a Stanley cup? If, if that's the case, because Elias Lindholm would have done a shitload for that New York Rangers roster, a roster that, in my opinion, again, didn't complete their rebuild, has this sort of middling roster and could be in trouble long-term if they don't win and win now and win soon uh, because of the way that they're constructed and the way that they've given away certain assets for the future. It's more about the theater in New York than it is about the winning, right? That's uh, all about Broadway here and uh, putting on a spectacle at the draft. I joked yesterday the Rangers are going to trade Kako for a first-round pick so they can go up twice and steal the show in the first round next year. Uh, I don't think you could get anywhere near close to a first-round pick for Kako. Yeah, no, I know. But, um, yeah, I thought that was wild. Uh, Just as far as tonight's games go, there's only three games in action. There's a TNT doubleheader. The New York Rangers take on the Tampa Bay Lightning, like we just mentioned. The Dallas Stars take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. So let's keep an eye on what Sheldon Keefe says during tonight's postgame press conference because he's had something exciting, it seems like, for the past couple weeks. And then to wrap it up, Minnesota Wild play the Chicago Blackhawks as the late game, which uh, I don't imagine a lot of people will be tuning into. Um, No offense, but I have no interest in that game. Um, I don't think many people will. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Kobe, before we wrap up today's show? Well, it's interesting how the news leaked yesterday of the Winter Classic being back at Wrigley. I didn't hear a lot of good things about that Winter Classic. Um, So we'll see if they can do better this time around. Also, like Blues, Blackhawks, Winter Classic, like two teams that aren't very good. Like, I get it. We want to get Connor McDavid uh, on on the front and four. 
excuse me, Connor Bedard on on the you know on, on the billboards. But I, I mean, why is Colorado not not had an, a, a winter classic or played in a winter classic? Like, look at they all the had the uh, yeah they stadium had the Tahoe one. No, yeah, the Tahoe. But, but they played in a game, but I'm talking like host a winter classic. Like, why why have they not? had something out there in Colorado, maybe the altitude with outdoor ice. I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, kind of a weak winter classic, a little bit disappointing to hear that news. So we'll, uh, we'll see as the official announcements probably going to come out here in the next day or so. Yep. But that's all we got for today's show. Thank you everyone in the chat for chiming in. Thank you to our producer Vic. And we'll be right back at it tomorrow morning at 9am. So have a great day and we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Kobe looks like he needs a little nappy.